Oh yes, it's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode thirty-two. Happy Saturday. Summer's coming to an end, but it ain't over yet. Haters get sprayed like Afro Sheen, but they don't ever really want to pop them bang. Kang, Kang, Sugar Man, Luda don't go. And I thought that a light pulled off so slow, but I'm out for the night so fast that drove. So daddy come home in a Cadillac. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 32 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. Back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who likes, who subscribes, who shares, who supports, who tunes in each and every week. I truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who uh, is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass battling this COVID. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And thank you to all the people out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. I truly, truly, truly appreciate that. Uh, Always, 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 always have to start the shows with thank yous. The thank yous are very, 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 very important. Very important to start the shows with thank you. And we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but... uh. The allergies completely, completely are messing with your boy heavy right now. They are killing me right now. I've been popping these Sudafeds like candy. My nose is so congested, but I nothing is going to stop the pot. Nothing is going to stop the pot. So this is going to be like my uh, my Michael Jordan flu game, if you will. Uh, <laughs> pot and under duress. Um, but... Ain't nothing going to stop, man. Ain't nothing going to stop me like a train on the tracks. You know, once I get to going, I get to going. So don't matter if my nose is stuffy or if I'm sick or whatever. If I can pod, I'm going to pod. So I'm glad to have you guys in today. I'm in an amazing mood despite whatever was going on with my sinuses. I'm in an amazing, amazing, an amazing, an amazing, fantastic, amazing mood. Let's go. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was Saturday by Ludacris off the album Word of Mouth. Shout out to Ludacris, man. Ludacris is like, if I could, if I could compare Ludacris to any like figure outside of music, of course, I would compare Ludacris to Samson. Now stick with me, stick with me here. If you guys don't know, Samson was a figure from uh, the Bible who had all of his strength. He was a very strong man, and all of his strength was attributed to his hair, right? So uh, with his hair on his head, he would be able to just, 
he was like the strongest dude. He was like had super strength and it was because of his hair. And when he cut his hair, when his hair was cut off, he lost all of his strength, right? So I core that I correlate that to Ludacris because Ludacris from 2000, the year 2000 to about 2004, Ludacris was Samson with his hair. He had his signature braids. He had his afro. His music was absolutely amazing from Splash Waterfalls. What's your fantasy? Stand up. Get back. The potion. Saturday, like I just played. Uh, Southern hospitality. Roll out. I got hoes in different area codes. Move, bitch. Act a fool. Number one spot. Just hits on hits on hits on hits. And then in um, 2006, I think it was 2006, had to be, or 2006 or 2007, he cut his hair completely off. He cut all of his hair off. And the quality of his music, in my opinion, at least in my opinion, fell off a fucking cliff. Like, and that's not to say like he didn't have good songs, like he didn't have, you know, I'm saying good songs or good music at all or good verses. It was just like the quality, like what made you fall in love with Ludacris or what made me fall in love with Ludacris. Like it completely fell off. Like he was the the uh, uh, bombastic, vivacious, very lively artist. And, you know, you could even see it in the music videos that he did. The Get Back video, he had the big Popeye arms. Or in the uh, stand-up video, he was a little baby with a bit with Afro puffs. Or, you know, he had the giant sneaker on. Like, he was just a, a big, vibrant figure with his hair. And then when he cut his hair off, he was doing shit like Runaway Love with Mary J. Blige and shit. And that little Erica is nine years old. She's trying to figure out why the world is so cold. Like, fam, like, <laughs> where is the old Luda shit? And then he tried to restore the feeling on his later albums, but it just wasn't the same. So for me, I could correlate him to Samson because as soon as he cut his hair off, the quality of music dipped. Like, And I could co- completely... I just you can't help but notice it if you were like following it closely. So, you know, that's the that's the that's the beauty about about hip hop music, in my opinion, like like little things like that, little things like just something as small as the amount of hair on someone's head is like easy to pick up on. Or it's like just the little nuances of the of the genre where, you know, little hip-hop nerds like me, hip-hop geeks, can pick up on it and say, oh, man, when he cut his hair, the music sucked. Or even, like, certain artists, when they grow their hair out, the music, is you know the music is either on the way or it's about to be some heat, like, that you're about to hear. So artists like J. Cole, right, or Kendrick Lamar, when they grow their hair out, they, you know, either uh, J. Cole now has the freeform, the freeform locks, and uh, Kendrick Lamar, you know, does little twists and stuff or he has the braids. When you see them with like crazy hair, when the hair is just grown out or unkept, you know what's about to come out. It's about to be some heat. So, you know, shout out to rappers. <laughs> shout out to rappers who who grow their hair out because, <laughs> you know, the music is about to be fire. And shout out to Ludacris, man. Shout out to Ludacris. Shout out to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, shout out to the Disturbing the Peace. Shout out to shout out to 
everything ludicrous the whole night. He's a great actor now. He's in all the Fast and Furious movies and shit. He's been in some other films. Like, just shout out to Ludacris, man. He's awesome. He's a, he's a, he's a great figure in in the genre of hip hop. So shout out to Ludacris. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, maybe it's your first time listening to the show. Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York uh, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before. Uh, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York, the barrel that I love. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is established in 1991. The Bronx Tourism Council is a subsidiary of the Bronx Overall Economic Development Corporation. Creating a cohesive and symbiotic relationship between arts, culture, and economic development. The role of the Bronx Tourism Council is to promote the borough's rich history, its institutions, and cultural diversity on a local, national, and international level. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 32. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shits. Our top topic this week. Oh, boy. Our top topic this week has to deal with the clown in chief, the flaming hot Cheeto in charge, <laughs> the uh, the mango icy in the, in the seat. Uh, it has to deal with your favorite, my, not my favorite, your favorite. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. No! No! So you might be asking yourself, what now, Denzel? What now? What did he do now? We know all the shit that he says. We all know the shit that he does. We all know how he misrepresents himself, how he lies, how he tries to trick people, how he's divisive, how he goes against athletes standing up or kneeling for the flag i should say or protesting the flag and tells them that they should be fired and how he attacks uh former veterans calling them losers or whatever the fuck he does he does so much bullshit it's kind of hard to keep track of what can you tell me that he did this week what can i possibly hear next well I think this is a very serious issue. And in all reality, I try my best to talk. If I don't have to talk about him, meaning like he does something every week, you know, he does some bullshit every week. If I don't have to talk about him, have to have to have to talk about him, I won't. Um, Just because of, you know, just the kind of person he is, in my opinion. Again, this is only my opinion. Um, I'm not trying to like cloud anyone's judgment, whatever. This is just my opinion. But. He just does a lot of bullshit. And if I don't have to come on and just give that energy out about him, like or even just speak his name, I choose not to. But sometimes like the shit that he does is just like so astronomical that you kind of have to like you kind of have to like even just inform the general public or the people who listen to this who may not be so plugged into politics. 
Um, so I'm just going to read you a, a, a small snippet. Um, this is reported by the New York Times. You know, the New York Times is my shit in terms of just getting my news. I'm just going to read you a snippet about his latest debacle, I should say, or whatever the word you could think of, um, as it relates to the most prevalent thing that's going on right now in 2020, the coronavirus pandemic. President Trump acknowledged to the journalist Bob Woodward that he knowingly played down the coronavirus earlier this year, even though he was aware it was life-threatening and vastly more serious than the seasonal flu. This is deadly stuff, Mr. Trump said on February the 7th in one of 18 interviews with Mr. Woodward for his coming book, Rage. You just breathe the air, and that's how it's passed, the president told Mr. Woodward in audio recordings made available to the Washington Post website. And so... That's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. It's more deadly than even your strenuous flus. But just three days after those remarks, Mr. Trump told Fox Business anchor Trish Reagan, we're in very good shape. We have 11 cases and most of them are getting better very rapidly. I think they will all be better. And a little less than two weeks later, he told reporters on the South Lawn that we, quote, have it very much under control in this country. By February 26, the president was publicly dismissing concerns about the lethality of the virus. It's like, it's a little like the regular flu that we have flu shots for, he said at the White House News Conference, and we'll essentially have a flu shot for this in a very fairly quick manner. And by February 28th, at a rally in South Carolina, Mr. Trump denounced Democrats for their concerns about the virus as their, quote, new hoax after the Russia investigation and his impeachment. The audio recordings show that as Mr. Trump was observing real time, in real time, the information that he was given by health and national security experts, he made a conscious choice not only to mislead the public, but also to actively pressure governors to reopen states before his own government guidelines said they were ready. By March, Mr. Trump was straightforward with Mr. Woodward about his tactics. Quote, I always wanted to play it down, the president said in the audio recording, uh, in the audio recording of an interview on March the 19th. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create a panic. This is deadly stuff, the president repeated for emphasis. Despite the president's own words in the recordings, the White House press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, told reporters on Wednesday that Mr. Trump had never publicly played down the virus. The Post and CNN were given advanced copies of the book and published details on Wednesday. The New York Times obtained its own copy. As part of the White House effort at damage control, Mr. Trump told reporters that his recorded remarks to Mr. Woodward were vastly different than what he was telling the public because he was worried about frightening people. We still don't want to instill panic, the president said on Wednesday. We don't want to jump up and down and start shouting that we have a problem that is a tremendous problem and scare everybody. But his acknowledgement that he was fully aware by early February of the perils of this virus only intensified questions about why he was so slow to respond and why he did not tell Americans the truth to better prepare them for the worst public health crisis 
in more than a century. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, the Senate Majority Leader, said he had not seen the book and directed questions to the White House, while Democrats were quick to slam Mr. Trump for his comments, stating that the book offered, quote, damning proof that Donald Trump lied and that people died. So. What more can you say about the flaming hot Cheeto in charge? What more can you say? Honestly, because it's not a matter of it. You actually, let me restart. What more can you say? Because one, I understand. I'm like I'm not gonna be blinded by uh, quote unquote hate eyes, right? Because just because I dislike him doesn't mean that everything, every single last thing he says is is trash. I'm not gonna say that. Because if you're saying, okay, from a world leader standpoint, I don't want to create a panic. I kind of understand that. But you also have a responsibility as a world leader, as such a powerful world leader, that you have to be real with the people. Politics is a dirty game. We know it. We all know it. That's why a lot of people don't pay attention to it because it's just dirty. It's everybody with their own agendas, with their own uh, a certain set of rules or with their own morality, if you will. Uh, basically just to try to get their shit passed or to prove their own points. But when it comes to human lives, I just think that there is more than like it's more human lives. I should say is more important than your political agenda. Right. So you're saying you're literally knowing you have knowledge that this shit is deadly as fuck and is more deadly than the flu. But you're going to literally go out on major publications, on news sites or wherever you go and say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? This shit is all right. We got flu shots for this. Well, yeah, this is cool. It's, it's, hey, we got this under control. Only 11 people got the shit. Don't even worry about it. Don't sweat it. Ayo, governors, oh, reopen your shit. Let niggas go outside. You're fucking, you're wild. You're so wild. Like, I just think that in certain times of crisis, like, the, the party shit, the Republican shit, the Democratic shit, the independent shit, the libertarian shit, whatever shit you subscribe to has to go out the window when it comes to motherfuckers getting in the ground. The United States is still among the world leader in terms of cases of the coronavirus pandemic. Other countries said, look, we're not fucking around with this. Y'all niggas going to stay in the house and you're not leaving. Until all the cases are eliminated. And what happened? They made a turnaround. Even in New York, where I live. Governor Cuomo, people have mixed opinions on him about certain where he stands on certain things. He was not give he was not playing. He said, Look, I don't give a fuck how y'all feel. Of course he didn't say that. But he said, Yo, I don't give a fuck how y'all feel. This shit is deadly. We are not going to risk the lives of New Yorkers for st- uh, a local government, if you having issues with the public, just blame it on me. Says, say, Governor Cuomo said, you cannot do this. If you want to pass the blame to somebody, pass it to me. I don't care because I'm trying to save people's lives. And what happened in the state of New York? We had the highest level of cases, the highest number of outbreaks where states were quarantining New York residents away from us, from other states, I should say. And with his stern leadership, whether you like him or you don't like him, with his stern leadership, New York State has been able to bring the coronavirus down to 0.1% infection rate. That's just 
a matter of a leader saying, look, I know what my party's values are. I know what my interests are. I know I have an agenda, but motherfucker, I don't want people to die. <laughs> like, I don't want any more people to die who don't have to die. So there's going to be rules. There's going to be regulations that, of course, people are not going to like. But I don't care because I don't want people to die. And that is what we need world leaders to do. That is what we need people in any positions of power to do when it comes to the lives of people, other people who have elected you in, who are you are paid with taxpayer money and you're basically hired to represent the people. You can't be out here saying, hey, I'm just going to downplay this shit. Allow people to keep going into the streets because there's a lot of people who believe what this flaming hot Cheeto says Look, Trump is on TV saying this shit ain't even deadly. Y'all niggas, y'all Democrats, y'all niggas is soft, blah, blah, blah. We going out into the streets because we need to make this money or we want to be free, whatever. And states like Florida, uh, states like uh, South Carolina, states like uh, uh, where we in uh, Michigan and shit, Cali are being hit and hit hard by this shit. Or states that reopened early, like in Georgia, are being hit and hit hard with the second wave because literally you can attribute the the localer governments the governors the mayors saying hey look the president is on tv saying this shit is not real this shit is real uh low and that he's downplaying it so fuck it we open it you nigga, you want to get a haircut go get one you want to go to the park go to the park you want to go to the beach go to the beach and what happens more people in hospitals more people are dying so I just think is so irresponsible by the leader of America to literally have information that tells you, yo, this shit is deadly as fuck. But on his public persona on TV, on national outlets, he's saying, ah, yeah, this shit is this shit is weak. This shit is wild weak. Y'all niggas will be fine. Go outside and live your life. I just think. That shit is so irresponsible. And again, guys, it is election season. I don't want to keep do, coming on the pod and beating you over the head with it. It is election season. Get informed and make a decision that is best for you, of course. My decision is to get the flaming Hot Cheeto in charge the fuck out of here. He needs to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> He is a serial liar. He clearly misrepresents himself too much. He doesn't give a fuck about facts. He doesn't give a fuck about science. He withholds, willingly withholds information. He is an outright white supremacist, an outright racist, an outright bigot. That's more than three strikes. He needs to go. So, you know, however you align with your party or what your values are, I understand. And everyone is entitled to their own opinions. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. I would never expect people to just agree with the shit I'm saying because I'm saying it. But when it comes to lives of people, you could be an outright Trump supporter. You could have family who are Trump supporters who listen to this nigga talk and lie and say you have family members with covid. Trump said COVID was bullshit. Trump said COVID was weak. Trump said we can manage COVID. 
And you have family members who die because they're hanging on to that word. You have close friends who die because they're hanging on to his words. I think it's more now of a matter of safety for the public than just party loyalty, Republican Party loyalty. Like at a certain point, you have to like just say, yo, bro, this nigga's trash. This nigga's trash. This nigga is trash. And we have to get this thing out, man. We got to get him out. We got to get him out. And again, that's my opinion. Not expecting everyone to agree with my opinion because it's my opinion. I'm just saying you look at his history. You look at the track record. You look at the shit that he does, the shit that he says, the way that he blatantly lies over and over again to the point where niggas is dying because of it. How can we literally sit here and say another four years of him will be good? I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So, guys, election season is very, very, very fast approaching. Election day is fast approaching. Get registered. Go out and fucking vote, whether you do it by mail, whether you do it in person, however you choose to. Get informed. If you're a Trump supporter, read up on his policies. Read up on the shit that he was said that was true that wasn't true. You know what I'm saying? Everyone could quickly say oh look at joe biden's track record or look at kamala harris's track record okay well look at the nigga who's in charge's track record too and if you're looking at it and you say okay at least if it just comes to covid 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 don't give a fuck if you republican democrat or black or white covid don't give a fuck so if you literally can go out and say sit here and look at how many people have died because of the president's lies i think that is enough to get him the fuck out of here and that's all i got on it that's all I got on it. Guys, it's up to y'all. It's up to us. Not up to y'all. It's up to us as a whole. We have to make a decision that is best for us. And I don't think that he is the right leader for the country within the next four years. So do with that what you will. You already know where my interests lie. I'm going out to fucking vote. I'm not voting for Donald Trump. Um, And he got to go, man. He got to go. I love flaming Hot Cheetos, too. That's crazy. That's what's crazy about it. I love flaming Hot Cheetos. They're not good for you at all. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm trying to eat less and less junk food. But, man, I love flaming Hot Cheetos. He's making me not like them no more. That flaming Hot Cheeto in charge, man. The flaming Hot Cheeto in charge is fucking shit up, man. He is fucking shit up. And he has got to go. <laughs> So moving right along from the Flaming Hot Cheeto, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, anything you guys have for me. And you guys don't let me down, man. You guys support. You guys listen. And um, you guys make me feel so special, man, that you guys actually listen to the shit. Like it's still each week, you know, when I look in the inbox and there's questions there, it's kind of like it's still it's still kind of like shocking. Like, damn, like I just put the shit out on the Internet. And I try my best every week and motherfuckers listen and motherfuckers like what they hear. So I appreciate you guys. I'm going to answer some of the questions that we have received here. First one says, I know you're a hip hop super fan, right? I am. 
Um, but I like to know who is your favorite female hip hop artist? Ah, okay, that's a good one. That's a good question. Um, you know, because a lot of the guy uh, hip hop, unfortunately, I, I should say, is a real male dominated genre. Um, but there are amazingly talented uh, women who make make hip hop music. So, without question, my answer without question is Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott the number one female hip-hop artist ever in terms of you know she may not be as provocative as Megan Thee Stallion she may not be as lyrical miracle spiritual criminal individual as Rhapsody she may not be as mainstream as Cardi B she may not be as mainstream as Saweetie or as gangster rap as Eve but she is just so fucking talented I just think Missy Elliott is one of the most talented people, man or woman, just person, people ever to grace a microphone, a stage, a notebook. Like, I can't even begin to tell you, like, how much I how much I love Missy Ella because she just I can't even like put into words like she when you see someone who's just so talented, it's like how it just makes you think, how the fuck can your brain make all of this shit how does your brain produce all of these things or how do you have the mental capacity to just make all of these creations right it's more than just music right because you know the music the rain uh um get your freak on one minute man work it gossip folks pass that dutch i'm really hot music make you lose control um where they from uh, uh on and on uh gossip folks like Oh, I think I said that. But anyway, like, you know, the music, right? You know, the 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 songs that she's had and the albums that she's had. But like, even when it comes to like fashion, like the shit that she wears or the music videos, like and then you find out that she's directed all the music videos. She designed all the sets for the music videos. She um, did all the choreography for the music videos. She's written so many great songs for other artists. She's produced so many great songs for other artists. Like, and you kind of maybe get lost in it because she's like a little older now. But Missy Elliott is one of the most talented, amazing, special artists that we have ever had in hip hop. I really, truly believe that. She is a fucking alien. And I mean that in the most complimentary way ever. Like, it's just people come up to me, little old Denzel, and they ask me, how the fuck can you talk for 60 minutes straight? And I don't think that is nothing. Like, I just don't think it's it's no sweat off my nose. It's no skin off my back. It's just something that my brain can allow me to do. I just have the mental capacity to do it. But just when it comes to people like that, like, artists like I'm a real groupie I, I like to say I'm a groupie for artists so people who can create things that you couldn't even imagine like when I watch something like the rain video or when I watch like the music make you lose control video or the get your freak on video or the work it video you watch it and you know as a kid you just enjoy the music but you watch it when you get older and you're just like how the fuck did she even come up with these ideas how the fuck did she even design these stages how the fuck did she even know to wear this outfit or to have to choreograph the dancers like this or to have the beat come in on this note like 
it's just something that you're like, my, I can't even wrap my mind around. Like, so when there are amazingly talented people, you just have to like sit back and marvel in it. Like, so shout out to Missy Elliott. I love, love, love Missy Elliott. She is definitely on my concert bucket list. My concert bucket list for people who do not know Missy Elliott, Jay-Z. Um, I already seen Kanye West, uh, Outkast, even though they're probably never going to get together again because um, they're not making music anymore together. Uh, DMX. And the last one is uh, who was the last one? Missy Elliott, Jay-Z, DMX, Outkast and Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. Just because I'm a super hip hop nerd. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Missy Elliott, man. She is she's the fucking best. Like she's the best. She's just. I could go on and on and on talk about how amazing she is. Like just all the songs that she wrote, all the music she produced in her own music. She did the music videos, the sounds, the fashion, everything. She's just, she's a fuck. She's amazing. She's amazing. I love, I truly, truly love Missy Elliott. So without question, my favorite female hip hop artist, Missy, Miss Demeanor Elliott. The next question says, uh, where is the next place at the top of your list to travel? Um, well, yeah, definitely. Cause COVID definitely stopped the bag in terms of traveling. It's definitely not, I don't feel safe enough to travel. A lot of people have, but I just don't feel safe at this point. Um, but at the top of my list is two places, Seattle, Washington, and Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia first. Atlanta is lit. Like from what I see, Atlanta, Georgia is the place to be. I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. Um, man, as Atlanta is like Black Hollywood, and if you if you think about it, like how many great people, content creators, or just creators or creatives or influential people come from Atlanta, Georgia, right? Lil John, Jermaine Dupri, uh, uh, Ludacris, uh, the Migos are from Atlanta. Young Thug, uh, Ti. Uh, 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 Donald Glover, uh, J.I.D., uh, Earth Gang, Outcast. I could keep going. Like Atlanta is the place to be. And then uh, Tyler Perry's down there now with the mute, the um, the movies and shit. Like Atlanta's Black Hollywood. And I feel like if you go to Atlanta, you can like literally experience so many different worlds. And what I mean by that is, let's say you go down there, you're me, you're do a podcast. So I can meet people, other creatives, other people who do pods at, let's say, noon. We can have a meeting. Then I could go and get lunch at maybe one of the best restaurants in the fucking world because Atlanta's food scene is nutso. Then I could fucking meet up with maybe meet a new upcoming rapper or R&B singer or producer because their talent down there is in fucking credible and then i could end the night at fucking one of the greatest adult establishments ever magic city or or onyx or the blue flame like you can just experience so much in such a short time because atlanta just has so much amazing shit so whenever i can get on a plane and safely travel you know without worrying about covid and all the other bullshit fam atlanta georgia is at the top of my list I need to get my Bronx ass down to Atlanta, Georgia, 100%. And the last one says, uh, do you have any interesting encounters with celebrities or public figures? 
Well, what's funny is I live in New York, right? And I can count on my hands how many times I've seen a public figure or a celebrity. Like, it's really not often. And I live in New York. Um, I could tell you about two stories, though, that I remember. Um, The first one is with Flavor Flav. You know Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. You know him. So I'm standing. I'm in the Bronx. And I'm by 161st Street, Yankee Stadium. Um, For people who are not familiar especially me when I was a kid, that was the place to go. Cause they had the concourse plaza and the concourse plaza was basically a mini mall food court and movie theater all in one. So you could go, you could go shopping for like, go to Foot Locker, get some shoes. Then you could go see a movie Then you could hang out in the food court and eat food. And then there were little other little mini vendors that you could buy like little bracelets and shit. Back in the day, I was into Yu-Gi-Oh cards and shit like that. So concourse plaza was the place to be. You go out with your friends in the summer and just hang out there all day. And then you could walk down. Um, you could, you know, hang out by Yankee Stadium or whatever. I'm not a Yankees fan, but you can hang out over there. And then there was a big McDonald's over there. So you go eat food or whatever. Um, people, my Bronx people definitely know what I'm talking about. So I'm over by the McDonald's. I don't remember what year this is. I want to say I'm maybe like 11, maybe 11, 12, either between 11 and 14. Had to be between there. So... I think I think it was I think it was 13 or 14. I'm not sure. I was young. So I'm standing by the McDonald's. Right. We're outside. We're about to go inside. And this is like at the peak of the flavor of love. The flavor of love was a reality show that basically birthed all these other reality shows on VH1. If you think about it, there's no love in hip hop without the flavor of love. Let's just keep it a bean. Um, so we're standing I'm standing outside of the McDonald's. I'm about to go inside. At the corner of my eye, I see a limo, a long, it's a stretch limo. It's driving. So I'm thinking it's a baseball player because we're right by Yankee Stadium. This limo stops right in front of McDonald's and uh, the door opens. So I'm like, oh God, who is this about to come out? Like, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I like sports. So if Derek Jeter comes out, I'm going to be a little excited, like, or Mariano Rivera or something comes out as soon as his foot touches the the concrete all you hear is flavor flavor like literally he announced himself out of the limo <laughs> and it was little ass flavor flav with his big ass clock around his neck and his viking helmet that he used to wear all the time literally pulled up in a limo to go to mcdonald's on 161st street he literally goes into the McDonald's. He orders like, I think he ordered like two Big Macs and like a 10 piece nugget and a big soda. And everyone who came up to him, he was like super nice. He took pictures. He was like signing shit. He was like signing people's uh, fucking cheeseburger wrappers and shit. Like he was, he was like super cool. Like he came in, he ordered his food. He announced himself. He, he got his shit. He took pictures. He signed autographs and then he just left. And I was like, that was kind of cool. Like he just showed up like a regular dude and ordered some McDonald's. Like, I guess that's just the power of McDonald's. <laughs> um, and the second one was, uh, uh, where was I? I was working at Target. I was working at Target. I want to say this is maybe like 2013, maybe 2013 or 2014. I'm standing at the customer service desk. That's where I used to work at. I used to work on the cash register and at the customer service desk. So I'm standing there 
And usually at the customer service desk, you don't let people purchase items there because it slows down the line and people get mad at you. Why are you taking so long? People because people want to buy their whole grocery list at the customer service desk. So that was a rule. You could not let people purchase items at the customer service desk unless it was your friends or something. That's what I would do. So uh, one of the managers comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going to need you to make this transaction. So usually when that happened, it was like because maybe somebody was fighting or, um, you know, there was an altercation or something and they just wanted to get the person out of the store. So just let them scan the shit here and get them the fuck out of here. So I'm like, okay. so in my mind, I'm already thinking, okay, this person coming over here probably had a fight with somebody or was arguing with somebody. Boom. The manager brings the person over here. It's DM fucking X. My God, I you don't even know how much I love DMX. That's my guy. And I was like, I seen him and I knew immediately it was DMX immediately. And I was just like, okay, Denzel, you have to be fucking cool. You have to be cool. Don't fucking cause a scene. Don't go crazy. It's DMX. You love him, but you cannot show your ass in Target. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be cool. It was taking everything in me to be cool. Don't freak out. It's DMX. He fucking made up in here. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. He comes over. He talks just like you would think he fucking talks. It was it was literally blowing. It blew my mind. It blew my fucking mind. Just because I love DMX so much. Like I just, you know, I, you guys know I love rap. I love rap music. I love hip hop music. I love DMX. Like I love him so. He comes over, he has uh, two shopping carts, and they're filled with just luggage, like just bags of luggage. So a manager comes over, he says, yeah, he's going to take care of you over here just so we can get you out. You know, you don't have to go through all that, which made sense because you don't want people harassing him. You know, we in the Bronx, you know how niggas act. So scan his shit, he'll pay, he'll get the fuck out of here as fast as possible just to avoid the, you know, ruckus. So he comes over to my desk, I'm going to do my best DMX impression. So my manager says, yeah, he's going to take care of you over here. So DMX walks over being fucking DMX and says, hey, what's going on? I got this luggage that I need to purchase. You're going to help me out. And I'm like, oh, my God, he talks like this. Ah, I'm losing my fucking mind in my head. I'm like starting to sweat. Like, I'm just I can't believe DMX is buying luggage from this target right now. So DMX comes over. I scan his shit. I don't ask for a picture. I don't ask for an autograph. In retrospect, I regret doing that because other people were doing it. I was just like kind of so flustered that I was just like, let me just do my job and, you know, whatever. But DM fucking X came to Target, bought luggage and talked to me like and that's that was amazing. That was amazing. Just because I love rap music so much. I love DMX so much. That shit was awesome. I'm never going to forget that shit. I am never going to forget that shit. Um, I think I also met a few baseball players. Yeah, I did. I met Daryl Strawberry, who was a baseball player for the Mets and for the Yankees. And I met uh, John Franco, who was a pitcher for the Mets. Um, so, you know, I met uh, not many famous people, but I got at least two good stories about figures that I've met. So. I hope that answers your question. And thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, truly, truly appreciate it, man. This pod shit, man, I love it. I just love doing it, man. So I can come in and pod when my fucking sinuses are acting crazy and everything. Because it's just, you know, I feel at home doing this shit, man. It's something that 
I'm really passionate about something I really love doing. So I appreciate that you guys listen. I appreciate that you guys fuck with me and you ask me questions and stuff, man. Because, you know, this shit is like, it's awesome. It's just an awesome thing to do, to be able to do. So thank you again, guys, for the questions. I look forward to to answering more and more and more and more. You guys' questions don't be shy. Um, And, you know, just thank you for the questions, man. I really, truly appreciate them. Next on the docket, let's talk about some scamming shit. I had an episode, episode number 10. It was called Scamming Never Sleeps. And uh, I think I named it that because I got a letter in the mail. Basically, a, a company was trying to get me to pay them to secure my uh, uh, lo- my name and my logo, even though I already fucking did that shit through the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Like, So I just like I wanted to share that story and I named the episode scamming never sleeps right so i want to tell talk to you guys about another instance of scamming because it indeed never sleeps uh this is about a former football player who was arrested i'm gonna read this story to you the headline former jets receiver josh bellamy arrested for covid19 relief loan fraud <laughs> Former New York Jets wide receiver Josh Bellamy was arrested Thursday morning for his alleged involvement in a $24 million scheme where he illegally received coronavirus relief loans, ESPN reports. The United States Justice Department names 10 defendants aside from Bellamy in the case, none of which played in the NFL. Bellamy received a loan of more than $1.2 million from the Paycheck Protection Program for his company, Drip Entertainment, LLC. That's a great name. That's a great name. Damn, I should have came up with that shit. Drip Entertainment, LLC. That's fire. The PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, is meant to provide small businesses struggling financially in wake of the pandemic with low interest loans to keep them afloat. The department claims Bellamy spent more than 62000 of his loan money at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino and Hotel in Florida, as well as dishing out over 104000 at Dior, Gucci, and various jewelers. He also withdrew more than $302,000. Bellamy is also accused of obtaining PPP loans for his me- for members of his family and close associates. That's the man. You got to, you know, got to keep the homies, got to keep the homies straight. He has been charged with fraud, bank fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. The Jets, who released Bellamy on Tuesday, said that they were unaware of his situation when he was let go. Bellamy had been placed on the physically unable to perform or play list as he recovered from a shoulder injury he suffered in the offseason. Too much drip. The drip overwhelmed the shoulder. You withdrew too much money. The money was too heavy. Fuck the shoulder up. Bellamy signed a two-year, $5 million contract with the Jets last year. And he is scheduled to appear in court before U.S. Magistrate Judge Christopher Tewitt of the Middle District of Florida today. And this article came out on September the 10th. Man scamming never sleeps let me tell you scamming never sleeps but i mean she's like if you're gonna scam right this is all i got to say right if you're gonna scam 
if you're going to, you know, illegally acquire money, which white people have been doing for years upon years, let's just be honest. But if you're going to illegally acquire money, you can't blow the whole bag as soon as you get it. You withdraw over three hundred and two thousand dollars off of an interest low interest loan that you just get. You get a one point two million dollar loan. As soon as you get the loan, as soon as the money hits your account, you're going to withdraw three hundred and two thousand of it and then not even like make it look like you gave it to employees. of Like if you took the money out and then you wired it to, let's say, people. Right. So you, you just said he he uh, gave money to his friends and family. As long as you make it look like they're employees of your company, Drip Entertainment LLC, again, great name. Then you'll be straight. You could at least have some kind of reason where if a lawyer represents you, you say these this was payouts from back money due from the coronavirus. If you take out three hundred two thousand, you spread it across 10 people, thirty two thousand a person. Boom. I was literally paying them their wage. Right. For working for my company. It's an easy way to get up under it, even if you acquired the money on felonious uh, uh, pretenses or whatever, felonious uh, whatever circumstances. Right. Homie going to go to the casino, gamble away 62 K, then drop 104 K at Dior Gucci and the jewelry store and then give out the money to his friends and family. Famo. You hustling backwards. You hustling backwards. First of all, you were smart enough to get a loan from the government. As a black man, you know the niggas, they ain't giving a shit out to us. So that was number one for you. You did that. That was cool. You signed a contract, two years, $5 million from the Jets. That's cool. So you up. You literally are up. How the fuck can you blow a bag that quick? And not only blow the bag, right? Not only did you blow the bag, you fuck now you got to appear in court and you may have to serve when it comes to wire fraud or anything like that bank fraud it's a 10 is up to a 10 year to 20 year sentence so not only did you just blow the bag you blew the future bag and you might have to sit down for 10 years you hustling backwards my g hustling backwards you got the game fucked up you had the first part right you was able to finesse the government out of money Good for you. You was able to get money from the football field. Good for you. But then to literally turn around and blow it and then literally may have to lose your freedom, sit your ass down somewhere for 10 years. You fucked it up, man. You fucked it up. You just fucked everything up for yourself. Josh Bellamy. If if this was Power 105 won the Breakfast Club, you would be donkey of the day. You would be donkey of the day for sure. I cannot believe that you blew this bag the way that you did. It's like you did literally. You was you was at the finish line. You got the bag. 1.2 milli, low interest, five million dollars from the Jets. You just you just blew the bag, man. I can't believe you blew this bag like this. I cannot believe it. You. I mean, I hope that you you probably, you know what's crazy about that shit? He got the money so quick and spent it so quick. He probably wasn't able to wear some of the freshest fits that he got from Dior, from Gucci. He probably wasn't able to rock some of that cold ass jewelry that he just copped. And I'm not even sure if the government will seize the money for they gave to his homies. So if he gave the homies the bread, the bags, 
if the government don't seize them, I mean, at least you could say he took care of the hood. But famo, you hustling backwards, man, hustling backwards. You fucked up the entire bag. But shout out to you because scamming never sleeps. And if there's money out here to get, motherfuckers is going to try to get it. So, I mean, I'm mad at you because you probably going to have to sit down for a long time. But, hey, bro, I can't knock the hustle. You just got to be a little smarter in how you divvy up those funds. Got to be a little bit smarter about how you divvy up those funds, man. So shout out to Josh Bellamy, man. I hope the sentence, uh, I hope they give you a slap on the wrist. (laughs) I hope they give you a slap on the wrist, man, because damn, bank fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to commit. That's 10 light. That's a light 10. That is a light 10. Man, you really, really, really blew the fucking bag, man. You blew the bag. Shaking my head. Blew the bag. It's no secret that I get disgusted by a lot of things. I'm very disgusted, to be quite honest with you. I'm just so disgusted. I can't tell you how disgusted I am. I'm disgusted with him right now. I'm so disgusted. I'm disgusted with it. I'm so disgusted. I'm so damn disgusted. I'm just disgusted. Oh, I'm just, I'm just trying to be cool. Uh, what else do we got on the list? What else do we got? Oh, man. So um, today is September the 12th. I'm recording this on Saturday, September the 12th. Yesterday was 9-11, September 11th, the 19th year anniversary of the attacks at the World Trade Center. Um, it's always a day of um, mourning and uh, recollection and... Um, reflection on the events that transpired i'm not going to get into the politics behind it it's just plain and simple people died people didn't have to die innocent people lost their lives it was a tragedy people are still feeling the effects from what happened in terms of like if you were a first responder a lot of people uh contracted lung cancer from breathing in all those the toxic dust and the fumes um rest in peace to all the people who perished on that terrible terrible day um, how old was I? I think I was eight years old when that shit happened. Man, it was it's just every year, you know, just reminded of like you can't even believe that that shit happened. A fucking airplane crashed into one of the biggest buildings in New York and so many people perished. So, you know, it's always um, it's always a day of, of reflection on on September the 11th. Um, you know, in just terms of all the people who 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 lost their lives, all the first responders who lost their lives trying to save people, all the paramedics and EMTs and local police and local firemen and firewomen, is 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 always always a um, it's always a a a difficult day for New York, a difficult day for New York, and they always uh you know they have the the ceremony. They built of the the nine eleven memorial. If you guys haven't seen that, you can go check it out. Um, but it's always just a day of uh, reflection and always a day of mourning because so many people um, perished um, on that day, that tragic day. So, um, man, rest in peace to all the victims of the nine eleven attack. Rest in peace to all the first responders who tried their best to save people. Rest in peace to all the people aboard those airplanes. Rest in peace to all the people who were just 
innocent bystanders who just happen to be going maybe to the local coffee shop and, you know, just their life changed forever. So, um, you know, rest in peace to all the victims of the 9-11 attacks. I'm going to have a moment of silence. I want to do 11 seconds for 9-11. Um, 11 second moment of silence for all the victims of the September 11th attacks. Please join me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what else do we got on the list here? Uh, oh, man. Prayers, love, and condolences for the people in California. The wildfires, man. The wildfires, the wildfires, the wildfires. I saw videos of the sky looking like it looked like it was blood red. The sky was completely red, like bloodshot red. Rest, I mean, not rest, I'm sorry, but if people perish, rest in peace, but uh, prayers and condolences to people of California, man, the wildfires are nuts, they're insane, uh, I did see one good thing that the the governor or the mayor of California, I, I'm not certain which of the two it is, but signed a law allowing inmates who help extinguish the wildfires to become firemen and firewomen after, you know, their sentence uh, ends. Um, I thought that was awesome because, you know, when you, unfortunately, when you become incarcerated, adjusting back to society is often very difficult. So if you're able to, um, help the society, then you should be given a, a very good opportunity to continue. Um, so, you know, so shout out to the governor or mayor. I'm not sure which one it is, but for that law, because firemen, the emergency firemen, I should say the inmates, are definitely contributing a great deal and it's awesome that their help and their work will not go uh unrewarded um so if you could come out of prison and then have fast track to a great career that is amazing and um that's the little silver lining that we can find in that but man the year 2020 is cursed bro it's cursed but we're going to keep on keeping on, man. We're going to keep it pushing. We're going to keep, we're just going to keep our heads up and we're going to, you know, keep doing what we got to do to survive, man. We're going to keep doing what we got to do to survive. Like Jada Kiss and Styles P said, we going to make it. We going to make it. We going to make it. And last on the docket, it is the return, the return of the apple of my eye that's right the the wind beneath my feet the 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 uh the peanut butter to my jelly the 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 uh turkey to my thanksgiving dinner it is the return of the nfl season oh yes can you feel the energy can you feel the vibe? Let this music course through your veins like an IV. The NFL is back. We didn't think it would come back. The coronavirus stopped the bag, but we are here. We are here to watch these NFL athletes do their fucking best. Isn't that music fantastic? Isn't it a vibe? Let's fucking go. The NFL is back. We are so hyped for it. I am hyped for it. 
there are going to be no fans in the stands, of course, you know, due to the COVID or it's going to be limited capacity. But I'm so excited to see football. I'm so excited to get this shit back. The NFL is my number one favorite sport. NFL is one. Uh, NBA is two. Bas- um, baseball is three. NFL is back. My Pittsburgh Steelers big Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Hopefully we can have a great season after that shit show from last season. Our quarterback getting fucking hit over the head with a helmet. It was a complete mess. NFL is back. Um, fantasy football is back in full effect. Enjoy. I'm, I had to make sure that I'm not stalling my pod. My pod will come out right on time and on schedule because I will not miss one second of the NFL action that comes this weekend. Uh, man, I'm going to run down the list of the games. I'm going to give you guys my predictions. Please do not bet with my predictions because... Uh, I do not want to be you guys to be mad at me when I lose when I lose you guys money. So I'm just a fan of the game. Do not take my predictions. Let's go. Run it down. First game. Seattle Seahawks and Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking the Seahawks in that. Uh, Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. That's the Ravens. I'm taking New York Jets against Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders against the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. Indianapolis Colts against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got the Colts. Green Bay Packers against the Minnesota Vikings. You know my man Aaron Rodgers. He's a Rodgers, baby. Taking the Green Bay Packers. The Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. Cam Newton just came back, and I'm so happy for the brother that he's had an opportunity to play. He's been basically treated like shit. Even he's a former MVP. I don't understand it, but I think that the Miami Dolphins are going to win this game. Shout out to Brian Flores. Um, Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington football team. Uh, I got the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they have a lot of injuries. They're always injured. Philadelphia gets injured so much. Anyway, Los Angeles Chargers, Cincinnati Bengals. I got the Chargers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady is on the Buccaneers now, and they have a fucking all-star Pro Bowl team. But I got the New Orleans Saints because they're at home. Uh, Even though there's no fans in the stands, they're at home and they have continuity. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints. Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. I got the 49ers. And Dallas Cowboys and LA Rams. I got the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is playing for a contract. Monday Night Football is the Pittsburgh Steelers against the New York Giants. My team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going 16-0, and motherfuckers. Don't act like you don't know what time it is. Big Ben Roethlisberger is back. Pittsburgh Steelers to win. And the last one is Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans in the late, late Monday night game. I'm so happy that football is back. Oh, my God. Some semblance of normalcy. The weather is getting nice and crisp. Fall is upon us. The greatest season of the four seasons. The fall. The leaves are going to start to turn colors and fall on the ground. The weather is going to get nice and crisp. You're going to cuddle up with a nice blankie sweatpants season. Hoodie season is here. It is a lot to be happy about in this fucked up year of 2020. Always try to spin it positively because there are still many positives in this fucked up 2020 year that it is. But there are still many positives. And um, I'm just so happy that I'm alive and I'm able to pod and do what I love and enjoy the, the fruits of the world, even though there's a lot of bullshit that's going on in this world. I'm um, going to end here. Uh, man, 
what can you say? What can you say? I'm just really honestly, guys, like I always say, it, but I'm, I'm just really happy that I'm in a position where I can pod and just do something that I love to do. You know, we all go through our lives and, you know, we live the way that we live and do the things that we do. A lot of the times, a lot of our dreams and our hopes go out the window and we, you know, it's a daunting thing to keep pursuing your passions because you need money and you need all these things you need all those things and a lot of your dreams take a back seat but the fact that i'm just able to pot is just such a blessing i just feel so blessed that i'm able to do it so you know 2020 is a fucked up year i can't say it enough it's a fucked up year we got a fucked up dude in the office we got a fucked up virus we got a fucked up world situation but man i'm just so happy that i'm able to pot and talk my shit for an hour so thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who tunes in subscribes like share supports thank you to everyone who's active and engaging on social media with the questions comments concerns or feedback and thank you to all the people who use their voices to affect change in a positive way i truly truly appreciate all of the above and uh man it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. There's a lot of fucked up shit, but it's a blessing to be alive. And like Jada Kiss and Styles P said, we gon' make it. We gonna make it. And that, guys, would officially wrap it up. Episode number 32 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. Um, you know, be safe out there, guys. Please still use your social distancing and your coronavirus protocols to remain safe. Um, you know, it's it's fucked up out there. So just, you know, make sure you, if you return home to your family and close friends every day, count that as a blessing. That's all I can say. I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song. It is called Lost by Frank Ocean off of the album Channel Orange. Be good to yourselves. Like my grandma would say, be good to yourselves. And be good to one another. Um, stay safe out there. Don't forget Black Lives Fucking Matter. Arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to all the victims of systemic racism and police brutality. Rest in peace to all the victims of the tragedy of 9-11. This has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 32. We are out. Double D, big footprint on my baby. Triple A, couldn't wait the love I got for the girl. And I just wanna know why you ain't going work. Boss ain't working you like this. He can't take care of you like this. Now you're lost, lost in the heat of it all Girl, you know you're lost, lost in the thrill of it all Miami, Amsterdam, Tokyo, Spain, lost Los Angeles, India, lost on a train, lost Buttercream, silk shirt, and it's Versace. Hand me my triple A so I could wait to work. I got 